Kwasa Dibug, Comment les affaires? I'm Herman Fusilier. This is Cajun and Creole Talk. Young fiddler Courtney Granger is with us on Cajun and Creole Talk. Courtney is part of the rich heritage of the legendary Balfour Brothers. He's also traveled the world with the Pine Leaf Boys. But at the age of 37, Courtney is cutting back on music because of some lifelong health challenges. He'll explain what's going on today on Cajun and Creole Talk. This is Herman Fuselet. We're in the studios of KRVS talking this morning to Courtney Granger. Courtney from the Pine Leaf Boys and got a long, rich history in Cajun music. Courtney, it's so good to see you. Uh, how's things going with you, my friend? Good, man. How you doing, Herman? Doing fine. Doing fine. Uh, thank you for doing this interview with us. Just you, uh, as we record this, is December of 2019, and you have a, a gig tonight that's uh, kind of be your, your last one for a while. Kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah, tonight we're doing a, a little uh, farewell farewell gig with the Pine Leaf Boys. Um Unfortunately, my health isn't um, doing great right now. I'm a diabetic, so having to kind of step back from from traveling and and, and playing with the playing with the boys for you know I don't know how long, but so we decided tonight was the was the night. And that's so going to kind of bittersweet. What's going through your mind? Just just how you feeling? I know a lot of people pulling and praying for you. Just how, how you feeling these days? You know, I have good days and bad days. Today's a good day. So just just trying to go with the flow and just you know this is this is the new norm now so just trying to deal with it. And how long you've been a lifelong diabetic? Just lifelong, how long? Have you... Yeah, I was three years old. Yeah. Wow. wow. So it's been thirty-seven now. So. You mentioned you you starting dialysis, so it would really be tough for you to travel. Yeah. And and, and play music and and deal with that because that's that's dialysis is pretty rough. Yeah, it is, and I you know I, I tried to work it around in my mind to see if it could work to travel, but it just it would be too much, so it was it was a hard decision, but you know I had to do it. So, how's your music career been? Uh, you you've done a lot in the, in a short time. You uh, remember getting your, your debut CD? You were 15 years old at the time, yeah, and 15 you, or 16, 37. Yeah. Now, how long with the Pine Leaf Boys? Uh, Ten years. Ten years. What's been some highlights? You you've been all over the world with the Pine Leaf Boys. Man, yeah, we were lucky enough to to be involved with a lot of State Department tours. Um, in the last 10 years so we've been to uh first place we went to was saudi arabia and all the you know that that surrounding area jerusalem and um most recent one was turkey which was kind of <laughs> kind of uh scary uh had a had a bombing there wow uh, while we were there so it was interesting <laughs> but but it's you know with the pioneer boys it's been a a great ten years. We we did so much. Traveled all over the world. Um, I could be more more grateful. So you you have to go back to that bombing a little bit. I, th- <laughs> I remember I remember seeing that on the news. What was going on there? Yeah, we were 
It was in Istanbul. We were like, I guess, an hour away doing a gig with um, the U.S. Embassy. So, yeah, the bombing started, and then, but I guess everyone here at home um, thought we were there with it. And, and, mm-hmm. and so it, it, uh, it scared a lot of people here at home. Uh, it was all over the news, and I think we did a live, a live broadcast from via uh, Turkey. Um, just to reassure everybody that we were fine, but yeah, it was it was pretty scary. Didn't know if we were we were gonna be able to to leave when we were supposed to leave, and yeah. you know, flying out the airports because the bombing was at an airport, Istanbul airport, which we were supposed to, I think, the next day fly out. So it was pretty, it was touch and go. <laughs> yeah, pretty scary. I remember uh, Wilson Savoy, the, the accordion player uh, for the Pine Leaf Boys, telling the story. I guess it was in Saudi Arabia. Y'all played for. Uh, all female audience and women weren't allowed to dance. You remember that gig? Yeah, we we uh, played at college um, and we did a, a set for a ninety-minute set for all the male students. And I mean, most of these students were just I mean, filthy rich, and they, they mm-hmm. you know they were they were just there because they had to be there. They couldn't <laughs> give a, a crap about us. Um, and then an hour later, we did a, a set for all the female students. And they went crazy. <laughs> I mean, I, I, they've never. I mean, live music is not a thing there, um, and we're very high energy music as as far as Cajun music goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they were they were they went crazy. They were it was like the Beatles. They were taking off their burkas and and flinging them up in the air <laughs> in the balconies, and the, you can see the 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 teachers trying to like put their burkas back on and calm the <laughs> calm the girls down. It, it was it was. It was crazy. Wow, wow, that's yeah. something. That sounds like a fun scene, though. Yeah. What's What's been some other highlights for you? Just any other things stand out in your mind as far as your travels or even here at at home or uh, around the country because y'all been uh, all over the place? I always like to go to to, um, to the U.K. And, and Ireland and stuff like that. Okay. That's, that's always been my favorite trips, always highlights for me. Yeah. yeah. yeah Irish people and English people are kind of like the Cajun people that like to to have a good time. They work hard, play hard. Um, so there's a lot of similarities in, in our cultures, for sure. So how long have you been playing music, Courtney? Um, sort of in 1992, so 30, oh, almost 30 years. How did you get started? Well, well, let's back up a little bit before that. You've come from Cajun music royalty. Talk about your family connection. Yeah, my family, um, my great-uncles were the, the Bofa brothers, and in case... Um, you don't know they were, you know, the first first people to travel outside of Louisiana to present our music, and yeah. and since then they've been, you know, ambassadors to 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 our culture and educators, and they're the reason why we get to travel and and do what we do as Cajun musicians. Um, when it when at a time it was, you know, looked down upon and and tried to be, you know, diminished. Because what was it, in 1964, your, your great-uncle Dewey, the Balfour, and people here said they were going to be laughed at. They were going to the Newport Festival. Right. Um, he got invited with a bunch of other musicians to go up to, to Newport in 1964, and all the local papers and, and just the general public told them not to go. They would be laughed off stage, and why would you go play this, quote-unquote, chink chink music? Mm-hmm to these people like John Baez and Bob Dylan and 
Peter, Paul, and Mary, all these people, and then they got up on stage, played the first song, got a standing ovation from 17,000 people. Wow. And oh. that's what sparked the whole Cajun culture, culture revival here. So Dewey came back home with that message, and you were uh, born into that message and into that family. Yeah. When, what made you decide to play music? When did you, when did you say, I want to do that? Fun, funny enough, it was after my, my parents divorced. We, I didn't, uh, up until eight years old, I didn't grow up with the music. I didn't know really, I didn't know anything about that part of my family. It was, my mom didn't grow up like that. She grew up in that culture where she, you were taught to be ashamed of, don't speak French, don't, you know, listen to Cajun, all that kind of stuff. Cajun was a bad word at the yeah, time. Yeah, and that, that's how she grew up, just because my grandparents, they, their first language was obviously French, and mm-hmm. and but they in that time they were taught to. You know they were they were beaten for for speaking French. They they were in that. Yeah. They they were part of that. Um, so it's something you had to leave behind in order to advance. Right. You so didn't... it kind of bled on to to my mom's generation, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately. But my dad grew up in a whole different. I mean, he grew up with the Balfour Brothers. He grew up in the living mm-hmm. room playing. You know, playing spoons with the Balfour Brothers in the in the living room. You know, that's. So I don't know. I don't know how they got together. I don't know how that happened. Two different worlds. Two different worlds, and and it, you know, but it kind of. My dad kind of just left that behind for my mom, so I didn't grow up with it until they divorced. When they divorced, my dad went crazy. He bought every <laughs> instrument, every, you know, every record he can find, and that's sort of how it it happened. He had a fiddle on the wall. And as a kid, you kind of, you kind of, you're kind of taught, oh, don't touch that; it's fragile. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. so I did it, because, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm a kid. Oh yeah. Um, but he never stopped me. He never, okay. you know, he never said no. He encouraged it. So that's sort of how it happened. And then I started listening to all my dad's records. And now, did your dad teach you how to play the fiddle, or you self taught? No, he, or? he he didn't really. I mean. He played with it. He he didn't know okay. how to play. He just yeah. played with yeah. it. Um, but he saw that I was very interested. So, Christmas of '91, he bought me a, a little fiddle, and we brought it. As soon as I got it, we brought it to um, Dewey's house, which I mean, he wasn't doing great. He was kind of at the end stages of his of his cancer. We went there, and he he looked at it. He kind of gave it his nod of approval, and he played a little song on it for me and then after that I was hooked um, mm-hmm. After and then after he passed away that's when I kind of got really serious and Peter Schwartz at the time was living in Eunice because he was um, Eunice had a festival called the Louisiana Folklife Festival mm-hmm. and he was coordinating that festival in, in 92 so he was living two blocks from my grandparents house so I'd get off the bus at my grandparents house grab my fiddle and walk and mm-hmm. he he gave us lessons for I guess about six months and then after that, I just took off with it. Now, in, in the line of notes to your debut CD, Ambal Shebafa, uh, Dirk Power writes about a dream you had about Uncle mm. Dewey. Tell, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um, it was right before going into the studio to record that, that CD. And it was, you know, it was a big deal for me and our family. And so, um, yeah, I had this dream laying in bed. And I, I guess I was feeling like, I guess, scared you know to do it and I just remember him being in the room and he came in and 
he just touched my heart. And when he touched me in my dream, I, I felt it. So I woke up like oh, startled. Wow. And it was kind of like a, a, a reassurance from him that, you know, he yeah. gave us approval. And j- just the start of so much, right? Right there. That, yeah. That, 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 that's pretty cool. And I always love, and not just myself, but so many people listen to the Pine Leaf Boys and your music, your voice. You're a young man, but you have this old soul in your voice. Where did your, your vocals come from? Growing, I mean, Dewey was my idol for playing the fiddle, but Michael Rodney was that for the vocals. Okay. I, I, his, to listen to him sing still today, I can. I'll, I'll just tear up and start bawling. I mean, wow. that's that's what his vocal, his singing evokes for me. So I grew up idolizing him. So that's where that. And then, then I guess not long after that, George Jones came into my life, and that that was another mm. you know big thing for me. So I kind of listened to Rodney and and George, and just kind of put it together. And you know, I think that's where I got. So after your, your debut CD, was it Balfa Toujours? You, you were part of that after? Yeah. Um, so that CD was, I was 16. And then it came, I guess a year, year and a half later, I joined joined the band. Um, yeah, I quit high school to, to travel the world. Okay. <laughs> you know, that that was my whole life. was When Balfa Toujours started, when they formed after Dewey died in 93, I mean, that was a big deal for our family. That mm. was, you know, we had just lost him. And then, you know, it, it was a, it was an emotional time for all of us. And, and to have Balthazar start was a big deal for, for our family and for the rest of the world. Uh, so I, that was always my goal. That was always my dream is to be in the family band. And the bass player at the time had quit and Dirk Powell said do you want to learn bass if you can learn bass stand up bass you can be in the band and mm-hmm. so he gave me their stand up bass and I took it home and learned it in probably a month okay and then went on the I mean went on the road went on a a month long tour after that <laughs> you know <laughs> it was it was very very quick and very um just kind of threw me in in the deep end but so how was it for the <clears throat> guy out Fresh out of high school or left high school, and now you you're going all over the place, all over the country, all over the world. I you know I learned so much. I learned so much about people. That that's what I took away from that. I, you know, growing up in a small town in Louisiana, you have a certain mentality, a small town mentality, which you know is mm-hmm. just how it is. Um, then growing up, then going on the road and. and seeing how other people lived, how other people. Um, just for example, interracial mm-hmm. couple. I've never seen. You don't see if you see it at home. It, it's a you, yeah. you know it's it's a thing. Right, right. But to see it for the first time and not have people bat an eye. That that's I was like okay. There, there's another world out outside of US, Louisiana. <laughs> there's an you know. So I, I learned I learned acceptance and tolerance and understanding of different people, different cultures. And I'll, I'll never, you know, I'll, I'll be forever grateful to Christine and Dirk for giving me that experience, yeah. let alone playing music for, you know, yeah. everyone around the world. That, that's, that's what I took away from yeah. that, for sure. So it was an education. 
You, totally. You, you, I, you I couldn't, couldn't, have, I couldn't have got that yeah. at school. <laughs> That's right. And you touched on it earlier, just your love for George Jones and what it's been a couple of years now, I guess. You did a classic country album. I did, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, I had, you know, ever since I started singing, people have been telling me, you know, you gotta, you gotta make a record, gotta make a record, gotta make a record. And I never wanted to. I don't know why. I, and I was still reluctant at the time. Maybe I felt like I, I, I couldn't give something. I don't know. But then I was at Blue Moon one, one night, and I hadn't seen Dirk Powell in a few years. You know, he had been on the road and just been out of touch, and he just showed up out of the blue, just just two, and we started talking, and he said, I'm ready now. He said, "Stop, stop looking back. Stop, stop making excuses. Let's do it now. This is the right time." And I was like, "Screw it. Okay, let's do it. Right. You know, why, why not?" And so I, I think I, I did it more for everyone else that's been asking for it for, <laughs> you know, for the last ten years. Um, but I'm glad I did. It was, it was a great experience. Um, Got you know, got to have you know legends like Hazel Dickens and Laurie Lewis, who are yeah. you know, yeah. they're awesome vocalists and musicians, and and have done so much for for women in in music, especially mm -hmm. traditional music. So they've always been idols of mine. So it was you know, yeah. So yeah. it was great to record with those people and 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 share that and yeah. Yeah, and we've dropped that name Dirk Powell a lot, but Dirk, what a resume he has and talent with production and touring with, and recording with Loretta Lynn and Joan Baez and lives right in Bro Bridge, so it's yeah. a, he's been such a treasure for the community. Yeah, um, yeah, I love my cousin, <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which we all do a lot of, him. Yeah, very proud oh, of, him. Yeah. And, yeah, and still doing so well. Yeah, still yeah. doing so. So Courtney, uh, what's What's the future look like for you? You you got a you know a lot of things are changing in your life, but just what do you think? Just how you how no, you feel? No, I'm these I'm days? still I'm still trying to to work it. I, I'm not I'm not sure yet. It's it's all very all, this change is all very new. I'm not sure what the future is going to bring as far as music is concerned. I, I'm I'm going to play as much as I can locally. Yeah. If people if people call me, I'm going to be there. I, I won't say no. Um, so just take it day by day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right now we're uh, Wilson Savoy and myself and and Cameron Cameron Fontenot who's a great little fiddle player from Eunice. We're we're doing a little three piece band just locally. We're okay. Playing a lot. I'm playing guitar, which yeah. is fun. I, I love playing guitar. We may go in the studio soon just to record a little bit. But yeah. you know, just do little things around home and and yeah. still you know. I, I can't not play music. I, I'm, I'm going to have to play music. That's who you are. Yeah, I'm going to go crazy if I don't. So. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you tell? At one time, as you know, then you kind of touched on, this was old people's music. It was rare to see young people do it in their 20s and 30s, and it's fairly common now. Mm. And you've been doing it for a long time at the age of 37. What advice do you give the, the young people who are getting interested in it or, or just anybody? And you've taught also. Yeah, for young people, I would say just from my experience, don't let <laughs> don't let the the your peers that don't play music at home 
talk you out of it or or or, or talk down to you. I don't. Know, I just at I guess at the time it was a different time. I had a hard experience in school with playing the violin, quote unquote, and you know I just got bullied for it. Really? Yeah. It, it, plus, I had glasses of blonde, blonde. I looked like Dennis the Menace. <laughs> you know, it, it it all played into it. But but playing the violin was you know was hard for me in school. That's why I was so happy to leave and and do what I did. Um, but I'm sure now, I don't know what it's like in high school now. I don't, maybe it's worse, but, um, just don't let anybody, your peers. Just hang on to your dreams. What means yeah. a lot to you. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I learned so much at that age playing with the older people. I never, until the Pine Leaf Boys, I didn't, you know, I didn't play with anybody my age. They were all, mm-hmm. you know, 70s and 80s, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. that's who I grew up with. And I guess it's. That's what made me who I am today. I, you know, I learned respect at a young age. I learned, you know, I don't know. It was just better for me to, to play with the older people. And then I, I appreciated it more when I got a chance to play with a group of guys my age. You know, it was, it was refreshing, too, to, yeah, yeah. you know. You mentioned the words respect and tolerance and just how has it been for, for you and your partner in, in South Louisiana and in Cajun music? I have been blessed. Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't really, except for high school. I don't know what it's like to, to be bullied for that. Okay. I, I've, I've been, I've been very lucky and very blessed, and they've been very accepting of, of me and 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 my partner Waylon. I think they love him more than me <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been very lucky, and I, and. I hope that continues, and I hope it continues for anyone else that that comes out as whatever they identify as here in South Louisiana. Because yeah. it can be hard in the South. Oh, absolutely. You know, so. So how long you and Waylon been together? It's gone on 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, and people like him more than you. <laughs> Sometimes they, I'll see people I haven't seen in a long time, and the first thing they ask is, how's Waylon? <laughs> Not worried about you. No. <laughs> well, on behalf of so many friends and fans, we're, we're pulling and praying for you and wish you the best. And you mentioned possibly a kidney transplant may be in your future or something you may have to look at down the road. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 still in the early stages of everything. So, But that that's, that's the goal, yeah, to stop dialysis and just get it over with and... Start fresh. <laughs> well, wish you the best, Courtney. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Herman. Thanks for visiting with Courtney Granger on Cajun and Creole Talk. If you value these conversations and would like to help in this effort, write Cajun and Creole Talk, P.O. Box 653, Opelousas, Louisiana, 70570. Thanks for listening and take care.